What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 70 of the Audio Podcast with the Von Cannell Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. A little bit tired this morning. I've been back at work this week. Why? Well, I say back at work. Two and a half days. This week. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work, man. But uh, no, I'm good. Very good. That's good. I want to have a... I want to tee off. I want to start teeing off. Tee off. Let's just go. And we're going to need some audience participation here mm-hmm. because I could be completely misguided in this in this regard. And this could be an absolute boomer alert. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I want to tee off about Instagram. Mm-hmm. And not what it's doing to our people or anything like, like that. Mm-hmm. The functionality. It's gotten worse. It sucks. Okay, mm. so tell me this. Why is it... So they've made an update, and this, this happened a while ago, and that's why I'm sounding super boomering now, and I get it, and I want you to comment on it if, if I am being a boomer. Mm-hmm. And tell me if I've missed the point when it comes to that user interface. Just put it in the comments. How, so before, a video used to play automatically with no sound. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then you could just tap the video and mm-hmm. it would just start playing the sound from where it's from wherever it was, it would just start playing the sound. Yep. Or you could hit the volume up button yep. on your phone and it would start playing the audio. Yeah. Now the tap means it opens up into its own window. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't started the sound yet. Mm-hmm. And then the only way to make the sound go is there's a little volume button in the corner, mm-hmm. which is so tiny that you often miss it. Well, I quite often mm. miss it. You require a special dialing wand. Yeah. And then when you go out of it, it still plays. It still plays the video that you've just opted that I don't want to watch it anymore. Mm. Here's some other really annoying things on that. Uh, have you noticed that when you've turned the audio on, but you want to turn the audio up, it turns it off again? So I think Apple and Android experience is different. Yeah, okay. Because that volume thing that you spoke about, it's bordering on unusable on mm. Android. Sometimes that bar does nothing and there is nothing you can do to get the sound going yeah. except to exit the app and go back into it. Yeah, right. Now, for all for you, for you people out there that <laughs> say, oh, have you got the latest phone? I've got the new Pixel. <laughs> all right, I've got the best phone that... Yeah. The, 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 most, the latest released phone mm-hmm. on the market... I got it. Yeah. And even even the way that I just find... Look, are they trying to adopt the TikTok style where you're just going to start swiping through videos? And if, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems ultra, ultra, ultra unuser-friendly now. Yeah. I... And even things like once you've clicked it, it starts from the start of the video, which yep. I, I mean, 50-50 on whether I like that or not. It's shit. I don't like right? it. Right. But when you get out of it, the fact that it starts again replaying mm. with the sound on, yeah. surely that's a thing that... But even just even just the fact that you'll watch like almost a minute into a clip yeah. and then the continue watching thing comes up, you hit continue watching and it goes full screen and starts you from the start. Oh, yeah. Like, that... like continue watching means continue. If it said, do you want to start this video again? <laughs> I would I'd say no. Button. I would say no. And, and you'd move, move on. on with your day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like I remember seeing a news story months ago from Mark Zuckerberg about how Facebook was trying to move more into the video space. So they wanted to get get away from just posting text or photos and want to get move more into videos. Because TikTok's killing it. Yeah. 
And yeah. I feel like, obviously, Facebook owns Instagram, so they're trying to do the same thing with Instagram. But it's probably one of those dramas of when you are... There's a big difference between TikTok, which is an app purpose-built for the video functionality that it uses, yeah. and Instagram, which they're just trying to tack it on and edit it as they go on the fly when that technology wasn't really designed for it. I've got another gripe with it. When you were swiping through, have you noticed, let's say you've got the sound on, mm. you could have you could have uh, two millimetres of the video below showing yeah. and it starts playing it. Yeah, I know. But you have, you're not even there yet. You're trying to watch the thing that's primarily on your screen. Mm-hmm. And this to me just says, like they're not even trying anymore. Mm. And is this an example of when a business just gets so big and it doesn't matter anymore because they're such strong, they've got such a strong presence in the market? Mm-hmm. Or does that now leave the opportunity for a competitor to come up and... Like and, Truth Social? Like Truth Social. When, when that's up, I don't... I don't know when it's getting know, up. But. When it's getting up. But just to make something fluid... Like, I'm a tech mm. guy, right? I, I, I enjoy technology and I enjoy the user experience and I'm, maybe I'm a bit more sensitive than the average user and that's why I want you to comment if, mm. if I'm being wrong if if it does that for a reason that benefits you can you tell me? Yeah. Because then I might change my thinking around it. If I had to guess it's I feel like the biggest problem with this at the moment with social media companies is because their priorities have shifted. The priorities isn't about offering the best most seamless user experience mm. anymore. For the last almost two years now it's been about censorship. That's all they've cared about. No, and it's, it, I don't. I don't buy that at all. That, you don't buy that? No, no, no. Because the the think about the amount of programming it would take to put in all of those like COVID fact check warnings. Well, you say it's easy. They they fucked the video up. Like that should be easy yeah, from but, a tech perspective. Um, I think it's two separate things. I don't think. I don't think that skimming of that data pool is their primary business. Mm-hmm. So their primary business function on their side, so forget our side, mm-hmm. so not on the consumer side, on the, on the business side, is purely to claw as much data as they possibly can to get mm-hmm. eyes on and then create custom ads to, to show you to benefit their advertisers. Mm-hmm. That's their core business, mm-hmm. and that's why that censorship stuff is so easy because they're clawing all that data already. Mm-hmm. You just chuck a couple of keywords in there that... that um, and, and direct them in a different view. That's why I don't think that's got anything but to do with But you don't think that their business model may have shifted during the last two years? Maybe to do with government funding or tax breaks or something along the lines of that? But none of that stuff matters when you're, make, when you're making billions of dollars. Well, if you're making billions of dollars and then you get tax breaks, then it matters to a much greater scale too. Uh, I, again, I don't, I don't think... I think it's, Is it because of the Section 230 stuff in no, America? No, I think, if anything... They've just, and this happens with a lot of companies, they've forgotten how to innovate. So I think, I think when, you are, when you're doing so well by default mm-hmm. and you're at the point now where you're so big that it's going to take a lot to take you down, mm. you start getting lazy on the things that are important. But I don't even think that it's a failure to innovate because the stuff they're doing, like show video on our platform, it's not innovative. It's just... The execution's just terrible. Yeah, but but if you innovated the new... And I suppose that's what meta, the idea of meta is supposed to be, mm. is a completely new and is uh, uh, innovation. Mark Zuckerberg created a universe where he's cool. Uh, I still think he's going to get beaten up there too. He will. <laughs> yeah, of course he will. <laughs> but um, 
I just feel like it's a very typical example of big business forgetting why they're there. Yeah, look, I, I agree on that. And it's interesting too because I literally, without speaking to you about this because you only brought this up today when, mm. I, when I arrived, uh, I'd had a conversation with my wife, Amanda, during the week uh, around social media. And be, I was expressing some frustrations too. Like the, the stuff that gets shown to me in my newsfeed is not necessarily what I want, what I want to look at. Yeah. Uh, which might be because my algorithm is incorrectly hacked. But the other problem too is it's like if you've got, say, friends or family who post stuff that you want to see but they don't post very often, well, you're not going to interact with them very often, yeah. are you? So how do you hack your algorithm if the people that you want to actually look at aren't even posting anything? Yeah. And then the things that they're showing you are the things that you do interact with. So then it just compounds and says, that's okay, right. you, that you want to see it. Well, yeah. it's not that you want to see it. It's that, that that's all you see. It reminds me of working at our old workplace when there was a stock controller who tried to order stock based on a spreadsheet. And her spreadsheet just kept saying, yeah, uh, we sell white cars and black cars. And it's like, uh, what you're not understanding is we can only sell what we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you order it, yeah, we're going to sell it. But I'm telling you, my customers are asking for X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and that's why in, in that regard, and obviously I, I spent time with, in that position as well, mm. it, the spreadsheet should make part of the process, but not that's the right. entire process. Not the entire process. But yeah, there is some really... I know TikTok has the record for the quickest to 1 million. Yep. So... Um, their algorithm seems a lot smarter than mm-hmm. than the Facebook, Instagram one. Mm-hmm. Um, some other big news. Oh, so they'll be trying to emulate that too because that yeah. means the, the quicker to a million is what they're looking at as a metric of success mm-hmm. within like eyes on, yeah. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Obviously, user base is, you know, the size of the user base, yeah. the length of time that they spend on it, but how quickly someone can get to a million impressions. Mm-hmm. Um Twitter, big news this week for Twitter. Jack Dorsey stepping down as CEO mm-hmm. of Twitter. Uh, I had not read it directly, and I, I was like, I wonder if that takes into account Square. Square's the payment processing company that they have. So yeah, I'm not sure. No, I, apparently he's still got it. And, and I, I, yeah. I read something, and I don't, I haven't verified it. Apparently he's changing it to Block, the name from Square to Block. To I had more seen blockchain. something similar, but again, don't know if I... Sounds super lame if that's the... Man, I'm a blockchain dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that seems really lame. Like, mm-hmm. um, But the timing I found really interesting of him stepping down. Why is that? Well, we've just passed a law here in Australia where the government's going to be able to um, effectively... Uh, find out who online trolls are mm. and persecute them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm guessing these uh, EU has has had something similar in place for a little while now and maybe you just realise you don't want to play anymore. Yeah, this is not going in the direction that I thought it was going to end up in. Yeah. And I'm sick of being the bad guy all the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, maybe po- payment processes is a little less... Uh, Oh, what's the word I'm trying to find? Like it's it's not going to create the same kind of S- social social pressures or yeah, no one's going to care. Yeah, no one's going to care like about someone's market stand. Yeah, that like this part of that conversation I had with Amanda this week was for me social media's become a really unenjoyable shit vibe. Yeah, like if I didn't have kids, so obviously I like posting photos and stuff like that, so family family overseas can see them, all that sort of stuff. 
Uh, it's also, it is nice, I've got to admit, Facebook memories when it's like a year ago today. And it's like, oh, look how little Nate yeah, was. Like, but have that you noticed nice. the quality of the videos drop? When you watch something that you post up for a couple of years ago, mm. they've like they've degraded all the. Yeah, well, you got to think about, I guess, the amount of storage that they would have to have Jason, to be obscene. They are almost a trillion dollar company. They've got the space. <laughs> they've got the space. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't cop that at all. That's right. just a fair enough money saving. Um, oh, of course it's money saving. Yeah. So yeah, but they don't need to money save when they're making billions of dollars a month. They just need to. Yeah, but which company have you ever worked in that has like high turnover and high profit that doesn't like trying to save money at the same time? Yeah, but don't but do it in stuff that doesn't um, diminish the experience. And the problem what, like is fucking up the video function no, on Instagram. Yeah, but, but the, the worst part about it. No, but that, that's another. That's a, just a, an example of what I'm saying is they're just getting mm. lazy and they're forgetting what they're there to do. Yeah, because you don't think it's going to really stand out when we look at memories and, and it's like it was taken on a potato phone. Yeah, and but this is what happens when you got monopolies, isn't it? Like exactly. you said, like it's they got so big, there's no natural competitors, so they're like, we can save the money. Who cares? Where are they going to go? Mm. So it'll be interesting if uh, Truth Social, when it does come out, does become a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons. If I had to guess, uh, I would make a punt that uh, potentially other social media companies, maybe more so government organisations, would potentially just launch troll farms straight onto Truth Social to make it untenable to even go on there. Yeah, for sure. Something like that. Uh, Because obviously if... I think it's fair to say, maybe not so much the kids or the younger people, but I think it's fair to say that people around our generation and a little bit older are kind of getting jack of the social media experience now. Oh, I think the younger people are already jack of it, and that's why they don't use what we use. Yeah. They're not big Instagram. They, they don't use Facebook at all. They don't all. use Facebook. That's for boomers. Yeah, and, and they're on... What I kind of like about it, I'm sensing in the younger generations is they're actually more connected to people as opposed to ideas on the internet yeah yeah um which i think is different from what we you know it's an evolution of that the journey Mm. on the internet um i don't because they don't buy into the bullshit that we buy into yeah but I i guess it's just one of those things too where we didn't buy into that shit either when we were 20 it's only now that we're a little bit older and maybe things are actually starting to affect us or yeah. maybe we're a little bit wiser. We understand what how we're being affected by these things yeah. too, that now we're starting to get the shits with it. Um, yeah, it's true. That's true. Know, We've so, definitely got more um, more at stake. Yeah, and I mean, like for me too, now like my, my mentality on things pretty much changed overnight when we had Nate. Because mm. beforehand I was, you know, never scared of anything. Mm. I'm like, whatever, like... If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Mm. Yeah, not 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 scared of literally anything. Now it's like, it's not not that I'm scared. It's that I'm mindful of. Now I've got a kid that relies on me. Now I've got a pregnant wife who relies on me. If something happens to me, that you know affects them. Mm. What future are we leaving for the kids? Like that's the thing that's most uh, front of mind for me now with with everything that's going on in in Australia. Like like I've said on the pod before, I don't give a shit about the next six months. None of that stuff concerns me. Mm. We'll, be, we'll be fine, yeah, yeah. right? What I care about is 25, 30 years time from now, what does Australia look like then? And are my kids going to look me in the guy going, Dad, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what did you guys do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you fucked this up so bad. Yeah. 
Because yeah. that, that could potentially happen. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Before we move on, uh, the social media stuff, there's, like you said, there's been a lot of interesting stuff happening this week. So when Jack Dorsey stepped down from Twitter, his replacement, can't remember the guy's name, I'm sure it's all over the internet, uh, he's, he's made some pretty concerning statements before in the past mm-hmm. and has essentially indicated that Twitter does not intend to be governed by the First Amendment in America, Mm -hmm. which is free speech. Uh, They are more... He literally... I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, they are... Because our understanding of truth evolves over time, they are less concerned when it comes to misinformation with what is right and what is wrong, and they're more concerned with how do you frame a uh, like a positive uh, conversation on the internet. And do you know why that will fail? Because whatever's right or wrong actually matters. That, so the truth is one thing, mm-hmm. but also the data points that, that Twitter has got to use are the wrong data points to find it. Right. Because you've got the 2% on each side of the argument screaming mm-hmm. at each other in a non-constructive way. Yeah, yeah. So someone's going to have to stand in to make make the decision, which yeah. will be a Twitter employee. That's right. And it's going to follow whoever, like whatever their beliefs are. Mm-hmm. So it's social engineering. Yeah. And it won't work. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. It, I, that's my, that's mm. my I'll, I'll put it out there now. That won't work. Meanwhile, too, they, like in his first day on the job, they made the rule change where they've made it against the terms and conditions to post someone's image without their consent. Yeah, that's going to hurt meme culture. It's going to hurt everything. Meme it's culture. going to hurt culture. Mm. Like, I mean, consider the, the Project Veritas guys, for example. What they have done bringing truth to light over the mm. last 10 years. All of a sudden, their entire work, which is investigative journalism and exposing corruption, can't post on Twitter. What does that make it look like for a uh, political campaign then, too? If you're trying... Because... Most political campaigns are negative ones, bash mm. the other, the other side. Are you just going to say, no, I don't consent to have my image shown? I guess it'll be interesting to party. see how it plays out, right? Because yeah. one and of that's the other- it, it, another reason why it just can't work. Well, yeah, because that's always been one of the dramas with social media companies is that they tend to not apply their rules evenly across uh, ideological divides. Yeah. So... People, ma- but, but then again, especially when you take into obviously account the American partisan experience, 50% of the country will hate that, 50% of it will love it. Because 50% of the country will have their beliefs confirmed, the other 50% will rage against it and if, move to truth social. And if you're watching this and not 100% sure of what we're talking about in terms of throttling or censorship, do yourself a favour and download DuckDuckGo. Mm. Then go to Google and search Japan Ivermectin. Yeah. And then search uh, in Google. And then type in Japan, Japan Ivermectin in DuckDuckGo. And you have a very different experience. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and extremely different experience. And I would say just to... I mean, you can do this test for yourself. But the Google one is just full of fact check articles. Yep. With like really crazy framing that you'd never see a, 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 a phrase like... No, Japan did not do that. Mm. Um, no, it's not the answer. Yeah, because the he was a he was a really good example of of the fact check stuff. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod, but 
I saw a fact check article about uh, Senator Jared Rennick's claims that he'd spoken to doctors and nurses yeah. about the APRA threatening to uh, deregister. deregister them. And the be- whole beginning of the fact check was saying that it was false and that they had interviewed someone from APRA about it. And then as you went down into the like a small part of the body in the middle of it, had direct quotes from, from them, and again, paraphrasing, they were saying like, look, the, these claims that we're deregistering and taking people's license away are completely false. Uh, however, if a medical professional was to offer advice that was contrary to the best available health advice, uh, that we would potentially look at disciplinary action, blah, 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 blah. So in other words... The claim is true because the, the best available health advice is whatever's written on the Atagi website, whatever is written on the TGA. Hmm. So whatever that is, is gospel now. Yeah. So if you're a doctor and in your clinical experience, because, hey, maybe you were Provax at the beginning of the rollout and then you've had a couple of patients come back in with some issues hmm. and maybe now you're a little bit less Provax. And you're trying to take a bit more of a nuanced view of the vaccine rollout, then everyone just needs to get vaccinated and get the boosters. Especially because you know your patient. That's right. Because you're standing in front of them and, and have a, usually have a record of them. Yeah, and we understand that there's like, you know, genetic variants, everybody, everybody's different. Yeah, risk levels are different. Yeah, risk profiles and, are extremely And therefore, different. a one size fits all of everyone take this new drug doesn't tend to make sense. If you take a nuanced view, well, all of a sudden you are speaking against the best available health advice and therefore you could be deregistered. So so that fact-checked article, what they understand is that we have very short attention spans. The majority of people these yeah. days do not read full articles. They will read the headline and the first paragraph and that's it. Yep. Especially if that confirms their beliefs. Yeah, which it will in this case because the algorithm is designed to feed you your bias. Well, I don't even know if the algorithms are designed to feed you your bias anymore. The algorithms are just designed now to feed you the government and health lines, you know? And the the classic fact check thing is lacks context. Yeah. They'll just say it lacks context. Yes, everything here is true, Mm. but it just lacks context. The context that it's lacking is that it doesn't say what we want it to say. That's right. Speaking of, of one of those that I saw this week on Twitter, a, a mate of mine sent me through an article of the first bundle of uh, Pfizer approval paperwork that was sent from the FDA. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there was that Freedom of Information Act request. And it's like an 18-page document covering adverse events between December 2020 and February 2021. And in those documents, it states that there was something like 44,000 adverse events reported there was 1,223 deaths Mm -hmm. in that three-month period. Now, that's worldwide, but obviously, I don't know who was rolling out the vaccine uh, rollout really aggressively that early on, like who had access to vaccines. Primarily, I'm assuming it would have been... Israel. Israel and America, especially when it comes to Pfizer. But, so there's just over 1,200 deaths in the first three months. Do you think... That perhaps people may have been less willing to just go and take this thing if they advertised in February. Because remember, the vaccine rollout started in Australia in February, yep. late February, 22nd of February, off the top yep. of my head. 
if they'd advertised the fact that 1,200 people had already died, do you reckon everyone would be going out, going, stick it in me arm, mate? Well, no, because they listed AstraZeneca and we didn't know we were killing people then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but... I see what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the way that that relates to the fact check thing is on Twitter, I got a fact, um, COVID fact check lacks context. So, no, this is documents from the FDA. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are the facts yeah. from the time. And, and, and that's why I think lacks context literally means, no, you just, it should just say, this is contrary to government. Yeah, it narrative. should just say, we don't want you to believe this. Yeah. That's our position. Can we, we don't talk, want you to believe this. Can we talk Omicron? We can. I, how long has Omicron been around for now? Uh, a week, roughly. Not even. Oh, did we talk about it last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. about, about so call it a week. Do we know of anyone's been hospitalised due to Omicron? Uh, not in Australia, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I do know that out of the first six cases of Omicron that were detected in Australia, all six of them were fully vaccinated, five of them were asymptomatic, and one of them had mild symptoms. Yeah. What I find really interesting is that if you remember back to Delta days... Mm-hmm. We identified Delta in hospitals. Yeah. Like, people were really sick when we when Delta came out, and they, they squeezed every ounce of... I don't know if it was really identified that way early on. I, f- I feel like the, the hype train came from India first, through the media. Yeah. And then Delta arrived on our shores, and then anyone who got Delta was basically put straight in a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, but that, that's what I mean. It yeah, was, yeah. It was... It was the trigger to talk about it was hospitalizations, mm. not not pulling people out of the line at the airport going, mate, you're sick. And yeah. then it's like, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm are. good. Yeah. Um, and I, we're a week into this mm. and we're, I find it fascinating that we're still saying, well, the, the corporate media is still saying, we don't know how bad this is yet, but we know that vaccines are going to be the way. Yeah. And... All right, there, there's a lot to talk about with this, uh, especially through a different context, which I'll get into in a moment. But obviously, so we live in Queensland, and the day that De- that uh, Omicron was identified, you had Anastasia Palaszczuk get up in front of Parliament and go, uh, the fact that other countries are closing their borders to South Africa is enough to tell me that this could be worse than Delta. And then she used the unknowns around Omicron as a shoehorn to shoe in a whole host of new mandates. Yeah. The next day in Parliament, she was forced to walk back those comments because the... uh, I I can't remember what... Paul Kelly, I can't remember what his position is. I think he's like the federal government... Australian singing legend. Yeah. yeah. Um, Carl Barron lookalike. Yeah. Uh, no, he's he's like the Australian federal government's epidemiology expert right. or virologist, something, some sort of infectious disease expert. So he came out and said that the he actually went off the data that was coming out of South Africa yeah. without saying, look, it, this actually doesn't look like it's going to be worse than Delta. By all accounts, the cases that have been found have been milder in nature. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be any immune escape or whatever, but he was very balanced about it. And then Palaszczuk was forced to walk back her, I think it's going to be worse than Delta yeah. comment. But she didn't walk back the mandates. No. So the, the fears around Omicron were the shoehorn in to get what she wanted. She just took advantage of it. They're still sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Omicron, by all accounts, is like what you said last week. It's a bitch. 
So I was in an Uber. An old bloke, old bloke was driving it, had the mask on. Yep. And we were talking about it. And he goes, I really hope that there's a booster to stop this. And I've said to him, I said, look, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think Omicron's the one that we, we want. We're mm. all going to get it. It's a real mild illness. Mm-hmm. And then we'll... Like and that'll be hopefully develop some herd immunity. Yeah, yeah, some real herd immunity, and and we'll be we'll be done with it. And he looked at me in the in the mirrors, and he was terrified mm. of that idea, the idea of getting it. And he just yeah. said, "He goes, I don't want to get it." And I, f- obviously, the fear mongering works. Yes, yeah, super is, effective. This is the context that I want to speak about because I listened to a really interesting presentation about. Have you ever heard of nudge units? No. Oh, only from um, Hey Dad. <laughs> <laughs> There's a 19, early 1990s reference. Yeah, it's an old school reference. Yeah. So no, nudge units are literally psychologists who are employed by governments to give data on how to message towards the people uh, right. to nudge them in a certain direction. Yeah. And they have been heavily involved in the last sweet two years. contracts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're called nudge units anymore. They're called Leonidas in three hundred front kicking people into the well, into the well. They are now, but that's not how they were at the beginning. Right. And that's by design. Well, you, you said this. You claimed this from the, the get-go. Yeah. Uh, the um, conditioning. Uh, yes. Drip feeding. Drip feeding us. That's yeah, right. 100%. And, and it's been really effective to yeah. the point where people have completely suspended rational thought. And I'll just remind you of that like brief conversation I had with someone who's a massive pro-vaxxer the other week where they literally said, if we didn't have vaccines, we'd all be dead. Yeah. Like, that's how effective the programming has become. Just like all the Africans. Well, yeah. 6% on... 6% um, Fully vaxxed. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said to them, I'm and like... they're dying less than what we are. Yeah, so if you look at the statistics, that claim is completely wrong because of last year. No vaccines available, 28,404 cases in Australia, yeah. 909 deaths. The median age of death was 86 years old. The median age of infection was 33. So that's just false. And that was the first strain, which, as far as we are aware, was the most pathogenic that we've seen so far in Australia. The deadliest. That's right. Not as transmissible, but deadly. But deadly, yeah, to old people. So what's really interesting about these nudge units is the language that they use. And I'm... I'll give you a couple of examples, but a couple of theories behind it as well. One of the things they, they deliberately do is they get politics... Because these guys help write the speeches and shit. Like those press conferences you see every day, you can guarantee that someone, some psychologist from a nudge unit has gone, okay, look, the, the, the social media chatter is going this way, so we need you to look strong today. So you've got to wear the suit, you've got to do... You know, you got to get aggressive. Like, yeah, that's what we need today. Everyone's seen House of Cards and, like... That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, it's I like, like, oh, hey, you got to wear a red tie today because yeah, it's a power move. That's yeah. right. Or then, because um, they this presentation I was listening to was talking about with, like, Dan Andrews. Then it's like, some days, they're, they're like, oh, no, nah, um, people are overreacting to the authoritarianism. So take the suit off, put the North Face jacket on, soften it a little bit, yeah. give people a cuddle, right? So, but one of the things that they talk about doing is they, they promote confusion because when people are confused, they just want a solution. Yep. And the way they promote confusion is doing very subtle wordplay tricks by giving people two directions at the same time that you can't actually follow both. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the example the double is... speak. Yeah. So the example is... Trump was an expert at it. If you can stay home, you must stay at home. So that sounds like, oh, if you can stay at home, then stay home. Yeah. But the, the actual thing is, with the way it's worded, if you can is like, a, is it possible or not? But then you must stay home is an order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So people get deliberately confused. And then what do they do? They end up just following the authoritarian version. I heard stay of, home. I, you must stay at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've been doing this stuff for almost two years now hmm. in regards to COVID. I'm sure it's been happening prior to that for a long time as yeah. well because it's so effective. And one of the things that is a perfect example of this is the relatively low, at least public, pushback I've seen to the mandates that Anastasia Palaszczuk just put in on schools and childcare centres. And this is my reasoning. The excuse they've used is, because children can't get vaccinated, we need to protect the kids. So anyone who works on site needs to be vaccinated to protect the children. Mm. Now, it should be blatantly obvious to at least you guys right now that the vaccine doesn't stop you from spreading the disease. Mm. So that's an example of this sort of doublespeak where even though the facts say... I mean, look at Omicron. If you, if you still don't believe it, here's, here's your example. Omicron's in Australia. The only people allowed into the country are fully vaxxed. So how did it get here? It didn't just jump in someone's luggage. Yeah. Like, with, like with that meme that was on... Yeah. That, I, we got to actually find the name of that page. Yeah. And give them a shout out. Barbecue. But, I'll find it. Yeah, find it. Um... It didn't just jump into someone's luggage, it jumped into someone's body, and the only people allowed into the country are fully vaccinated. The first six cases of Omicron found in Australia were fully vaccinated. And yet, the excuse given to mandate teachers and childcare workers is to protect the children. The barbecue bulletin. The barbecue bulletin. Get on it. Everyone, the only thing worth looking at on Instagram at the moment, apart from Voice of Victoria and Discernible, is the barbecue bulletin. Yeah. Fire memes. It's hilarious. And I believe meme culture and comedy is our way out of this yeah, yeah, thing yeah. as well. Yeah. Because the facts haven't worked. <laughs> no. because <laughs> the, the facts but, and the truth have not worked. But again, when you, when you use these psychological techniques to deliberately confuse people, they, they order, all of a sudden, if you then come to them and say, I've got the solution... They trust you. Yeah. And you're seeing that with things like, so now we've got, you know, Omicron. Ah, you've seen firsthand fear of Omicron, this old boy. Yeah. He's saying, I hope there's a booster for it. Pfizer's come out and said that they could potentially have an Omicron specific uh, vaccine available in three months. Mm -hmm. Now, the question then becomes, why couldn't they do that with Delta? Yeah. Well, it's not even, I found it really interesting that that wasn't even a Wasn't even mentioned. Yeah. Right, but now all of a sudden it's oh we can have this ready to go in three months time. But all the experts, well, sorry, all the the pundits are saying that the current vaccines are working anyway. Yeah, they're saying they're going to don't wait, get your booster now. Yeah, because the thing is, if you get your booster now, well, then in three months time when Pfizer's Omicron variant one yeah. comes out, oh, better get your Omicron uh, variant vaccine just in, before winter comes. Mm. That's going to be the next shoehorn in. In meantime, you've got the UK, which is uh, cutting the the gap in half from six months for your booster to three months. Yeah. So, like, you're just on this, you know, jab, 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 jab. Did you see Dr. John Campbell this morning? No. So the first study on Omicron has actually come out of Mm -hmm. South Africa. But it was a very specific 
marker that they were looking for, mm-hmm. which was uh, transmissibility rates compared to uh, uh, in regards to previously infected right. people. So nothing to do with vaccination status. So so removed completely. It's not in the equation at all. Yeah. Now from alpha to beta mm-hmm. strain of COVID, mm-hmm. there was a seventy one percent reinfection rate. So right. if you'd had alpha, for you to get beta... 71% of people got beta if they were exposed to it. Yeah. Right. From beta to delta, mm-hmm. 75%. Mm-hmm. So that goes to show it's more transmissible. More transmissible, yeah. Delta to Omicron, mm-hmm. 254%. Right. So if you've had a previous infection, mm-hmm. you're going to get... Omicron. Omicron. Mm-hmm. There was, it's almost as if Omicron is not going to touch people that haven't been previously infected. Right. So it's almost like... Antibody-dependent enhancement? Yes. So my my friend's got a really interesting uh, take on computer viruses. Right. He said that computer viruses are designed to circumvent antivirus software. Yeah. So if you have no antivirus software, it's got nothing to cling to. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not a target. And that's almost like what this yeah. what, what this is. It seems like if you've had previous infection and you've got antibodies, mm. it's going to stick to the antibodies and then get through. Yeah, right. That, that's, that's how it appears. It's interesting. And look, obviously it's early data. I And then you could extrapolate that out. Well, if, if they are attaching to antibodies... Mm. Obviously, if you're vaccinated and your body's created antibodies due to the vaccine, then it could attach to that. I I was about to make the comment that it is completely unsurprising to me that this first study that came out did not take into consideration vaccination status at all. 100%. And he did throw some sort of snide comments. Yeah, which he probably should. And and this is, again, this is all wordplay. Like, you can... if If you've got a goal... That you're trying to get to. A predetermined destination. Yeah, a predetermined outcome that you're trying to get to. Any scientist work their salt in their field can create a test around that to get to the conclusion that you want. Yeah, for sure. And what I find so entertaining, especially when you listen to like American media, is they're like, oh, Omicron is out. Let's go to the experts. We're speaking now to... Gretel Colleen. Uh, no, no, even better. We're speaking now to the CEO of Pfizer. Yeah. And the, and the CEO of Pfizer's like, oh yeah, look, the, the current swagger vaccine seems to be working pretty well, so make sure you take your booster shots, but we are working on an Omicron specific... Like, they've just told you in the... Like, if yeah, they have said yeah. that the thing that they... That, like, we're working on the one that will work, mm. but just keep carrying on with the old stock. Yeah. We need to get can them you, off the shelf. Can you literally imagine if they were like, oh, look, coming, coming down to end of financial year, uh, now's a really good time to buy a new car. So we're going to go straight to Alex on Kennel at Auto Bros. And then you just go, yeah, look, every single car that's on the road at the moment is actually unsafe. Mm. You need to get out of those cars straight away. The only thing that you can do, the only solution, we're actually going to mandate you buying a car from Auto Pros. Like that's literally what these companies are doing and what the media is allowing them and the governments are allowing them to do is just go on as the authority when you've got the financial interest 
in selling more vaccines. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. And again, if you went back two years ago, I don't think this works. But now, after two years of psychological programming, people Nudging, are happy to cop it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're happy to cop that stuff. It's and funny because the other technique is moving the conversation mm. to things that don't matter. And mm-hmm. we've spoken about this before, but mm. when, like a great, I have a feeling in the next couple of weeks, we'll be arguing over which vaccine works better, is more efficacious against Omicron than another. Yeah, agreed. And not the, the conversation won't be, do they work at all? Yeah, and the conversation won't be, uh, is it even worth being scared of Omicron? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is Omicron actually killing people? Is it, is, it, is it giving people long COVID? Yeah, you move into the conversation. You, 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 mu- you move the conversation to two reaffirming mm. uh, beneficial... That's uh, right. So, okay, are we going to sell you Pfizer or are we going to sell you Moderna? Which yeah. one is it, guys? Take, is it this one or this one? And then, okay, what about the option three? No, 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 no. Yeah. It's A or B. And, and a perfect example of that is we're almost two years in and we're still not talking about early treatment. Yeah. We're, like, and... Like, uh, have you checked Uttar Pradesh's uh, stats in the last couple of days? I don't need to. <laughs> Zero deaths. Zero deaths. Zero. A state of 204 million people in a relatively poor country. Zero deaths. And the only thing they're doing different is treating people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Shock uh, horror. Victoria, I'm pretty sure they had, what, five deaths with COVID yesterday or something? Yeah. Like, it's, it's fascinating. And it, it is... Did you see the long COVID video that was on pre-mod no i didn't a bbc in the uk interviewed this poor young girl that's experiencing uh long covid oh yeah really heart-wrenching story Mm. she's 150 kilos (laughs) (laughs) and then all the people in the comments and look i want her to be healthy yeah okay okay but yeah but you if you didn't get sick from this you're going to get sick from something else Mm. And a lot of comments said the same thing, which is, Good, is anyone that's... going to address the elephant in the room? <laughs> Look, that's encouraging because... And that's why you don't turn comments off. So, well, this is one of the things that, again, it shows you the power of these nudge units and this psychological programming is the absolute um, gap between... So so the, the, the pro-vax camp, and I don't... I, 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 I'm really mindful of... I don't want to separate people anymore. Yeah. We're just people, right? There's no pro-vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, whatever. We're just people who are allowed to make different decisions about shit. Sure. Because that's how life works in a uh, rich Western democracy. Yep. But what I find fascinating is still that sentiment of like, oh, if you choose not to get vaccinated, then you shouldn't get medical treatment. Like there's still that sentiment yeah. there with a lot of people. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't get free healthcare because you're you're making a decision not to get treatment. And it's like, yeah, okay. Well, do you apply that to fat people, drink, obese uh, people, people who alcoholics, drink any alcohol, smoking, uh, chain smokers, like uh, high risk areas, like if you're a Uber driver, if yep. you're on the road a lot because there's a lot of road trauma. Yep. Well, if, if you're, you're a high on, fireman, like because they're pretty high risk. Well, if you want to talk about Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk loves her footy. What about these footy players who injure themselves on the field Ooh, and get rushed yeah. straight to emergency? High they risk. shouldn't be allowed to. That's high risk. It's high risk. You're literally just running into blokes at full speed for 80 minutes. Like, why, sh- why should you get medical treatment? Oh, hang on. That's right. Because we live in a rich Western democracy that has decided that regardless of the decisions that you've chosen to make, 
you will we'll still take care of you if something goes wrong. Can I just throw out a? This is a complete side note. It has nothing to do with what you were saying. Sure. Except for I heard a really interesting stat yesterday. Hmm. I was talking to a guy about who works with an AFL team. Yep. And do you know what percentage of players like in the squad mm-hmm. play more than two games? Oh, it'd be a fraction. It'd be twenty percent. Five. Really. That blew my mind. 5% play more than two games. Yeah. At, anyway. at the top level. At the top level, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing that you don't often hear about with professional sports is, like, you hear about all the superstars, they're the outliers. Like, yeah. the rest of the bulk of the rest of the squads are generally made up with people just coming in and out of the team, and then one gets an injury and never plays again. I want to be the bench guy, like, in an ideal world. I want to be the bench guy that comes on to kick one goal. And then, like, rolls an ankle or something and gets taken <laughs> off and spends the rest of the thing on the bench. Like, what, what, was the, what, was the, what was the white guy from the Bulls that... Um, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Who hit the shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in Love fairness it. to Steve Kerr, he's gone on to become an extremely successful coach. There you go. So let's... Um, speaking of stats, let's, look at, let's just uh, do a quick rundown of some uh, COVID stats in Australia. So, Australia has just clocked over 216,587 cases of yeah. COVID-19. That is a raise of 1,704 overnight, mm-hmm. uh, 1,365 of which are in Victoria, which we will speak about a little bit later on, as uh, the, the state with... Sounds like they need more power. Yeah, the state with by far the worst response to COVID in the country... Worst outcomes, worst response. Worst outcomes, worst response. Most extreme measures taking yep. place... World record lockdowns uh, now has power to do even more bad decisions. Yeah. So, but let's just go with this. 216,000 cases. Now, you have to scroll down really far on this COVID tracker thing to find the deaths. Actually, here's a stat that's important. Uh, current active cases in Australia. Mm-hmm. So, there's 17,595 active Say cases. Say the number again. 17, call it 17,500. Yep. Now... Let's look at hospitalizations, which again, you have to scroll through. There's like a million vaccine dose graphs on this thing, just to show you how many people got it. So current hospitalizations, 509. Australia-wide. Australia-wide. So there's 17,500 cases Mm. and 17,000 of them aren't in hospital. Right. Are they dying at home? (laughs) Must be, right? Yeah. They must be in a cemetery somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's the stuff they don't publicise. Like, yeah. they talk, oh, you know, we had, we had uh, these people who died with COVID overnight. They were 86 years old and, you know, had a heart attack from the vaccine. But they, they had COVID at the same time, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's an interesting stat. 17,500 active cases, only 509 in hospital. Now, what's interesting to take out of that, there's 16 in hospital in Queensland. I'm pretty sure it's Queensland government policy that if you get COVID, you go to hospital. So you don't even have the option of recovering at home. They just take you straight to the hospital. Right. So it's not like these people are forced into hospital. Um, out of that, there's 28 people currently on ventilators. So 17... So we keep hearing this like horror story of like, oh, there's not going to be enough hospital spaces and ventilators and shit. There's 17,500 cases in this country at the moment and 28 people on ventilators. Yeah. I would hazard a guess that all 28 of those are old. That's just an assumption. What was that other stat that I read during the week that 80% of the people in Australia that died from COVID-19 had four... Yeah, four or more comorbidities. Or more comorbidities. Yeah. But let's not address the comorbidities. 
No. Why right? would you? Why would you? That's too hard. Yeah. Like, this is just a nudge unit. This isn't a push unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're only just going to nudge people towards the vaccine. Um, and just reiter- reiterating again, uh, still not talking about early treatment at all. Uh, so total deaths, 2,042 for the whole pandemic. 2,042 two years. 2,042. Almost two years. So from 216,000 cases... Two years in China? <laughs> um, one, year, one year and 10 months. Yeah. And one year and five months or whatever in, in everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so less than 1% death rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the so, road trauma number? I don't know. I, I, haven't even, I haven't even bothered looking it up. But... But again, like just to, if you want to put it in perspective, 2,042 deaths in total from the pandemic in almost two years. Let's just call it 20 months. Uh, Australia, on average, has 150,000 people who die every year of all-cause mortality. So in the time that 2,000 people have died, you will have 298,000 people who would have died of various other causes that we aren't, we aren't changing anything that we do on a day-to-day basis around. It's about 1,100 deaths per year per year in road trauma so that is higher than the COVID deaths like i've been saying it's more dangerous being on the road yeah and again like they the the problem and we've mentioned this before i'm going to mention it again the problem about this entire thing for me because of this this psychological programming is the logical fallacy that is used to justify any decision that is made Mm. So, for example, remember back at the beginning of the pandemic, there was that forecast that if we do nothing, we could have 150,000 deaths before the end of the year. Mm. And then that didn't happen. But because, again, something else that we used to speak about a lot when this was a uh, uh, sales and leadership program, anchoring. Yeah. They anchored the number up at 150,000. Yeah. So if you could keep it below 150,000 deaths, then you could justify any decision that you had made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally because all you did was you put it out in the marketplace that this could happen. Scare everyone into submission straight away. Yeah. And then you use that as your justification. Oh, fuck, there's only 2,000 deaths almost two years in. What a success. Yeah, yeah. Look how good we did. Pat myself on the back over yeah. that one. Um, it's, yeah, it's called a logical fallacy. It's the same as like all, all the vaccine stuff. So as far as I can see, the vaccine assisted with Alpha variant didn't do shit with Delta. Doesn't look like it's going to do anything with Omicron. Yeah. Oh, it could potentially be attracted to people with potentially, but yeah. we we don't know. We so, don't know. so, but this is my assumption at the moment because it looks like it is taking the same route as almost every other virus in history, where it's evolved to become more transmissible and less deadly. Yep. Right. Now. With the vaccinated people, so one of the terms that you keep hearing is pandemic of the unvaccinated, pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's one of Dan Andrews' favourite terms, yeah. pandemic of the unvaccinated. And yet, don't forget, months ago, they also stopped reporting the vax status of all the people who were in hospital or dying. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, because it's not a pandemic of the, the unvaccinated. Which I love the argument. They say, well, yeah, we, there's no use in doing it because so many people are vaccinated now. So it, you're obviously going to have more people as a ratio. Yeah. And I guess you could, in Dan Andrews' mind, call it a pandemic of the unvaccinated because you're not actually talking about COVID at all. You're talking about the sweeping phenomenon of unvaccinated people that you want to cure by jabbing them. Yeah, the real pandemic is political uh, political injustices that are being uh, uh, yeah. perpetrated on the populace. Should we speak about Dan Andrews and the pandemic bill? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. And I do also want to talk about the amount of people that have not recontesting next year. 
<laughs> yeah. We've had quite a few resignations. Yeah. Shall we start with resignations? Let's though? start with resignations. Yeah. So Dan Andrews has had six in the last week and a half, I think. Maybe slightly nudged. Nudged is like the, the word of this of mm-hmm. this show. Is yeah. Maybe slightly nudged by, I don't know, an anti-corruption hearing that's going on in, in some cases. Potentially. Uh, Just a slight nudge. Could could be nudged too because they actually don't agree with what's mm. going on and are sick of being party to it. Yep, reading the room. Yep. So one knowing of the... that the truth will come out eventually and it will always come out at some stage. Mm. This is. I'll, I'll go. I've got to remind me. I've got to, got to come back to that point when we talk about Dan Andrews and his pandemic laws. But you are right. Uh, I, I just feel... So there's been six Labor MPs in Victoria who have announced that they won't be recontesting at the next election. And there's been heaps of other resignations, which we'll get into in a sec. But one of the things that just came out of the Victorian IBAC uh, hearings that I think it should be a massive eye-opener to anyone in Victoria is that once you are elected to a seat in the Labor Party... You literally have to sign a pledge which states you will never vote against party lines, otherwise you'll be kicked out of the party. Yeah. So any any Labor voter in Victoria who thinks they are taking part in the democratic process by electing an official to speak on your behalf, they're not. And you can, you can see that in the attitudes of trying to get bills passed. Like That's they, right. They don't even give people the time to talk to their constituents. Yeah, so consider this. Any news coverage that you heard about this pandemic bill over the last three months has all been centred around Dan Andrews and the three crossbenchers. No one's even mentioned the rest of the Labor MPs yeah. who are just sitting there just... Because everyone knows where their vote's going. Yeah, except summary. Well, no one mentioned him because they thought he was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he... Uh, Came in like a Read his ugly head. But, but don't you find that fascinating? As part of a democratic process, all the news centred around was the three crossbenchers, mm. which Daniel Andrews has obviously done dodgy deals with to get them to come on board and, and help him get his powers that he wanted. Yep. No one mentioned the other, what was it, 16... Labor MPs that are literally just sitting there blindly voting with it, yeah. regardless of what their constituents want. Um, people, you know, don't didn't even realise that the entire time when that first version of the bill came out, 120 pages that they literally tried to shoehorn through on the same day they released it to people to read. There was not one ounce of consultation with the opposition. Yeah. So when when we have like governments and stuff, like typically what they're supposed to do is like consult each other to try to find like best practice best case scenario for the greater good yeah zero consultation with the other party not interested at all because they didn't need the votes who are the key people recently who have tipped out so as far as the the victorian labor party goes i don't think any of them are key yeah. because they, they weren't difference makers anyway and, and whoever who takes it you're gonna do the same thing that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. so that's not gonna that's not gonna be an issue uh to me, the biggest resignation of the week was uh, Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt, mm-hmm. because I feel like he's potentially hit target, yeah, and has a big, large brown paper bag full of "I never need to work again" money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will keep an eye on where he ends up. Yes, if he ends up somewhere. If else. it follows the Anna Bly model, mm. three years service for a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. And then straight into the thing that you protected. Yeah. In 
and a better capacity than like yep. a better deal than when that's you're right. Yeah, look, that's that is fascinating to me. Is in the and again, I don't like. I'm not even going to call this the middle of a pandemic. The pandemic's over in Australia. The pandemic's over, and this is a point that I wanted to make too. So in in Queensland and obviously Victoria and New South Wales and everywhere else, we're still operating under a state of emergency. Where's the fucking emergency? Yeah. In Queensland today, we've had 2,100 cases and seven deaths to date, almost two years in. Where's the emergency? Where is the justification to continue to extend the state of emergency? There is no emergency. I wonder if the suicide rate is more than seven on top of the last 10-year average. I think it would absolutely be. Um, That's pretty shocking if you think about it. Well, there was a story in in the news again this week of another domestic violence death. Yeah. Another woman taken out by her ex-partner. Yeah. I guarantee you the measures that have been put in place over the last two years have not made domestic violence easier for any of these women. Yeah. I guarantee you that. So you're going to take mentally unstable people and push them over the edge? Yeah. Like, yeah, someone's got to take responsibility for this shit. No one ever will. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe uh, some girl sitting, 19-year-old girl sitting on an admin desk somewhere might have to take responsibility for the rise in DV and suicides. Yeah. Because I'm sure it'll be her fault. it be nothing to do with... Palaszczuk or her bestie. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. There is no emergency anymore. Like, the hospitals know how to treat people. Here's, here's the real emergency. You've got uh, bill, like billions of dollars worth of debt nationally now. Billions. My kids are going to be paying this debt off. Yeah. That's an emergency. You've got, due to mandates... At least if you talk Queensland, because I, they keep talking about Queensland being the most vaccine-hesitant state, they're saying that there's about 11.1% of Queenslanders who are never going to get the jab, mm. which means 11.1%, so you're never hitting 90%, which is what Palaszczuk keeps saying is her marker. Is it? Yeah. There you go, legs 11. Yeah. So you've got 11% of your population in Queensland of 5 million people who are never going to get the jab. This is 550,000 people. Never going to get the jab that you're planning on locking out of society and potentially locking out of the ability to work and earn an income. Mm. So where are they going to get money from? Well, potentially social security mm-hmm. until they then tie that to your VAC status as well mm-hmm. and they deny you social security. But how are you going to fix your economy when you're telling 500,000 people you can't earn an income and therefore spend any money? Yeah. Right? How are you going to fix your economy when you're, even if those people have money, when you're like, you're not allowed to go to a restaurant, you're not allowed to go to a cafe, you're not yeah. allowed to go to a pub. And then you look at those, you know, businesses who've been struggling for two years, who are now being told, you have to police whether or not these people come in, otherwise we'll massively fine you. Like I said, you are, I saw a post up from a Byron Bay cafe. I saw that one too. That, that said, there's a $50,000 fine if we don't, if we get if we don't check your VAC status. Yeah. But there's a $500,000 fine if we do. Because of the breach of the Privacy Act. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we should probably talk about the HP Billiton. Oh, yeah. So, massive result this week at the Fair Work Commission because the union that represents the workers for BHP Billiton took them to Fair Work over their vaccine mandate. And unanimously so there's a five member panel on this one now you remember the the fair work commission case that everyone spoke about months ago was that girl who worked for an aged care home who 
sued for unfair dismissal because the she was jab. fired for not taking the flu jab. Yeah. And then there was the dissenting... Uh, so that she, she lost that two to one. There was three people on that panel. And the one lady who uh, said that she she should have um, been able to get unfair dismissal, then put a full dissenting opinion on COVID-19 vaccines and we went through all the reasons why uh, they... To try to put something on the record, essentially, yeah, as yeah. to why mandates were unjust when it came to these vaccines. And everyone thought it was a really good thing, at least in the red pill camp, until she was disciplined and told that she can't adjudicate on any vaccine-related matter. Yeah. And then they were putting her into like a re-education like program before yeah. she would be able to actually adjudicate on them again. So this unanimous panel of five people on the Fair Work Commission, and I believe it was like the head of the Fair Work Commission was on that panel as well. So it's not only the fact that like the largest panel you can have is five people, but it's also who was on the panel is important too. They unanimously said that BHP Billiton's uh, VAX mandate and therefore the locking out of employees and potential firing of employees if they don't comply breached the Fair Work Commission's um, laws because there was no consultation. Yeah. So, and this is something that I want everyone to keep in mind because the problem is, again, psychological conditioning for almost two years now. Mandates are not laws. Yeah. A mandate is like a strong suggestion. Yeah. But And that's why all these businesses and stuff that are being uh, told, like, don't allow people in if they're unvaxxed, they're the ones who have to police it. Yeah. There's no police that are going to be around doing it. And you've opened yourself up to litigation. That's right. because Not the government. The because business. the government's not enforcing the mandate, the business is. Yeah. So it's at every business's discretion, but people don't realize that because, again, the doublespeak from the government is like, no, 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 this is, it's a lawful directive. Yeah. Well, the only reason why it's a lawful directive at the moment is because we're under a state of emergency. So if that state of emergency goes away... And you're still enforcing mandates. Well, guess what? It's not a lawful directive anymore. Yeah. So back to the BHP Bilton thing. What they what they said in their ruling was that they breached the uh, right for employees to be consulted about any changes to their working conditions because there was no consultation process. It also states that the consultation process is not just a performative function. So in other words, you can't just go as a business, hey, guys, come in, we're having a meeting. All right, so just so you're aware, government's just mandated vaccines. You guys have all got to get vaxxed or you're fired. Uh, there's your consultation. Thanks for coming. Yeah. You, you actually have the right to be heard and have your issues with that raised. And if you do have issues with it, there is a legal process that you can go through mm. to go like whether or not you can get exemptions or, or whatever the case may be. So yeah, they were, it was ruled that their vax mandate was unlawful. Mm. Now that's on the record. Stay tuned for, I'm sure, oh. a multitude of court cases going in the same direction, probably at the beginning by unions, yeah. I reckon. Because the thing is, with all the litigation that's failed so far, they've been trying different angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We're trying to find a chink in the armor. That's right. They tried the human rights angle. We've got no fucking human rights in Australia. They, they tried um, bodily integrity stuff. They're like, no, well, under a, under a state of emergency, the health laws overrule that, so you have no bodily integrity. They've been trying, 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 trying. Now they found a loophole, no consultation, and that's rock solid. And now it's on the record. So now... I don't feel like that's going to be enough, though. Well, because that, that indicates that if you just consult with them... You can get it through. No, because it's not just a performa- uh, a performative action. Yeah. So 
you have to actually convince someone to re-sign a new contract. Right, right, right. Because the, the reality is, everyone should know this. If you've signed a workplace agreement, we're all covered under, well, not all, but the majority of positions in Australia are covered under awards, mm. which have a full fucking range of terms and conditions of what the employee is allowed and expected to do and what the employer is allowed and expected to do. You can't just fire people when you change the rules. Yeah. You can't do it. It's yeah. illegal. Remember how difficult it is to actually fire people you don't even want in your business because they're not doing the job right? And that's why you have heard people being stood down. Stood down. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's by design. Yeah. Because... And that was an early indicator for us. And that's that's yes. why I, I was like, I didn't think any of these things were really going to get up mm-hmm. because I thought the loophole was <clears throat> going to produce itself that's right it's been slower than i thought i spoke to a friend in new south wales who walked out of the job yesterday yeah and he, <clears throat> he had looked for uh, loopholes mm-hmm. and it was very is going to be very costly to do it yeah but i think he was also motivated by the fact that he was moving to something better yeah and look there's there's obviously that um as far as being stood down goes like if i was working for a company now that tried to bring in vaccine mandates Number one, you know how much of a pest I would become. Yep. But number two, I'd say, okay, so you're saying I'm not allowed on site, so you can either redeploy me to work from home mm-hmm. and we just continue with what we're doing. Or if that's not like... Untenable. If that's untenable to you, you can stand me down on full pay yeah. until the mandates change. Yeah. Because there's no legislation. I'll pay out my contract. Well, but not even that. You can just pay me for life because mm. we've got a contract with no end date on it. Yeah. So you can just pay me what, what you owe me and... Then it's all good. Yeah, Jason and I have very different approaches to those uh, to to those uh, situations. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to do it now, if you're in that position, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in that kind of position. Wait, don't, for, for sure. Don't pull the trigger early. Don't leave. That's the key. Yeah, do not leave. Uh, I wouldn't even be stating the position. No, you you I wait till it's be, brought up. I'll be staying quiet about it. Mm-hmm. I'll be letting it roll on. Don't make any ripples. Yeah. Because you need to appreciate too, your business owner or the stakeholders within your business, they're in a very sticky situation as well. But some of them don't even know it. I know. I, I totally, mm. totally, totally. That's why don't be the one that makes oh, no. the decision and, for and them. And again, I'm not advocating to, if no one at your job has mentioned anything to you, kicking the door of the boss's yeah. bit, um office down and going, hey, bitch, this is how it is. I'm not advocating that. Because I've seen, I've read emails that have come, like directives that have come from above, and they're extremely vague. Yeah. And I, it's vague by design. Mm-hmm. The ho- And that's why I still think, what date are we today? What's the date today? The 4th? Yep. That's why I still think the 17th thing is not going to happen. Mm. And I think this BHP thing is probably a big reason why too Omicron made me think it was was going to happen because it was a great excuse to use but we've now got a beautiful amount of time to get a couple of studies out Mm -hmm. to have some people talking about it a couple of court cases drop Mm -hmm. now we don't know about uh, going back to the court case thing we don't know about the individual court cases because I reckon you are wide open for litigation Mm. on an individual level so I I agree with you I think the unions are going to be yeah. uh, at the front of this but if you're an independent there that has just made a uh was forced to make an action that you believe was unlawful mm-hmm. let's let's be honest we know it is That's we right. know what codes that you've you violated mm-hmm. 
I reckon there would be hundreds of little ones, individual ones going through right now that we will never hear about. Yeah. So because, if, yeah. You see, if, if you see some sports cars driving around in your, <laughs> in your neighbourhood, you know, that, that, might be, that might be what it is. Yeah. So sit tight, mm. be smart, keep cool, and just know that even if, even if it doesn't go into your favour, mm-hmm. there's opportunities and chaos. For sure. But, but the, key, the key thing to remember is this. You have rights. You have rights. If you've got an employment contract, read your contract. Yeah. Most people don't actually read their contract. Yeah, that's a really good point. Be informed about know, your own situation. Know where you stand. That's right. Because you might even have something in your contract which states that you need to do this and you don't even know about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But... Like you, you, could be a, you could be a vaccine uh, injectorizer. <laughs> that might be your job. That's right. Yeah. Um, and coughing in the hole of the injection spot yeah. <laughs> might be deemed as inappropriate. That's right. But but that's the thing. Read your employment contract. Make sure you understand it. Get some advice. Most of us have some sort of friend that either works in HR or, uh, I, I don't know, has some experience. If you've got a lawyer friend or whatever, speak to someone. Get some advice on, on where you stand. But the thing is, Everything about this pandemic and the way that the powers that be have handled it has all been around coercion and bullying. And what they're relying on is there is a large percentage of the population who will just do what they're told when you tell them to do it because it is easier to comply than it is to have any form of conflict in their lives. And they know that. Mm. And then the problem is when you get that percentage of people to move first, then you use them as your justification to everyone else. Oh, look, everyone else is doing it, so... That's the big one. I, I, I really, and I hope people are sensitive to this, because the media is using it flat out, which is like, oh, 80% of our people agree with us because they've already taken it up. Yeah. Well, we all know that we've been coerced. That's the right. majority has been coerced into yeah. doing this. So is it... Like, everyone I've spoken to that has got it, besides a few old people, which mm-hmm. should have got it, yeah. purely got the jab to defend themselves against political and legal yeah. uh, um, motions. Yeah, it's to protect themselves against not being able to work or not being able to participate in yeah, society. Yeah, you've vaccinated yourself against politics. Yeah. Not corona. Mm. So that's that's wild to me. That is wild to me. But just and, and, be again, smart about it. Yeah, and the thing is, if you're still like, oh, look, it's just too hard... It's going to be so much easier if I just get the vaccine and then I can do things. Well, what's next? Yeah, yeah. What else are you going to That's do? That's the thing. It like Forget about what's happening right now. The world's going to look very different in six months' time. I yeah. guarantee you that. It'll yeah. look very different. But what's next? Yeah. What are you going to fall for next? Yeah. What is the next thing? Look, we've mentioned it before. Climate change lockdowns. They'll be, they'll be coming down the pipe. Yeah. They're already talking about them in India. Yeah. So, like... You just need to understand that the only way this game ends is when we stop playing at scale. Yep. Because when everyone just lines up for their boosters and then everyone lines up for their Omicron vaccine and then you have the Karens of the world policing everyone else, like some of the conversations I've had this week, people talking about how like they feel bad because everyone who's pro-vax is talking about it openly and they feel like they're the only people who aren't. And it's like, no, because everyone knows that being anti-vax is or anti-this vaccine is 
uh, not socially acceptable at the yeah. moment. So all the people who are anti it keep their mouth shut. Yeah. So it's actually a much higher number than you think it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is the loud majority who are the ones who are so sold on, on the whole story... Literally put their bodies on the line to prove that. Yeah. They're the ones who speak the loudest. Because, again, one of the things in that presentation spoke about today, what these nudge units have identified, this part of things they've done perfectly with this vaccine rollout has been they've created class warfare where there isn't any. Mm -hmm. And most people like feeling superior to others. Yeah. It's just a natural part of being a human. Yeah, here's a here's a commitment badge that you can get. That's right. So in now two halves. All of a sudden you've probably got people whose lives are shit. They've got a crap job, no partner, no money, no like shitty car, no social status at all. Well now they've got a thing. Oh, I've got my vaccine passport. Oh, you're not vaxxed? Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. Yeah. Like, now they've got something they can hold over other people. And it makes them feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in, in saying that too, there's... The red pillars are using the same thing. Not on not on mass, but... But you could wear... You could wear... That as a badge of honour too. So I think I think it goes I think it goes both ways. I see what you're saying, but that that it could go both ways. I know I would say it's more about the corporate media being able to say that you, like call you a hero mm. for doing the things because the 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 wording I found very interesting, especially from federal government. Mm-hmm. The federal seems to say it more than state is mm. we're really thankful to people that stepped forward mm. to get the jab, stepped forward. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's, I know what this hand sign is, but... That's a... Um, oh, Katniss... What, yeah, Katniss Everdeen reference. Yeah. A I'm volunteer as tribute. Spe- speaking of Everdeen... Don't forget what happened to the people who joined the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Everdeen or Evergrande, because mm-hmm. we're done with all the... Yeah, corona, yeah. Yep. It appears that Evergrande is on the brink of collapse. They've probably got one or two weeks left, because mm-hmm. I don't think the Chinese government is paying any more. Stock markets are feeling it, so the stock market has gone in a bit yeah, of a everything's been a bit in the red. Slow dip, mm-hmm. so keep an eye on that too. Um, have some cash ready to buy said dip because mm. when the market economy shits itself, the rich people thrive. Um, and when I say rich people, I I call you rich if you are smart enough to uh, to allocate capital mm. in in investments. Mm-hmm. And capitalise on that capital. Yeah. So the smart people will have access to funds waiting for the dip because mm-hmm. you can make money. Uh, do you want to put a bet on whether or not Evergrande collapses in a time frame? Because I don't think it will. I reckon China will just keep paying them. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll make that bet. Okay. I'll make that bet. It's what, a, what time frame? I'll let you set it. Um, I'm going to say by February. February it'll be... So it'll, February 1st? February 1st, it's fallen over. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And and what are the terms? It's of... a boss coffee. All right. I, I, okay. Okay. So Evergrande will not collapse before the first of February, and I've got a nice juicy boss coffee. Now the terms of uh, 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 collapse, I'm I'm saying if it gets taken over by someone in that time. Oh, here we go. So no, we've, no, just, col- we've just shook on it. Collapse me. <laughs> Sorry, collapse. We've just shaken on a bet and now he wants to set the terms. Well, no, look, we should Fucking set... We can reshake. We can reshake. Because typical you need, Guido. Well, also, it is, it is 
necessary to understand the definition of collapse. So let's reverse that handshake <laughs> and identify this. Okay. So if Evergrande is no longer Evergrande mm-hmm. because it has to get bought out by someone else, to me, Evergrande has collapsed. So if they agree with that? buy it out and keep it as the same name? Uh, then I'll say that it... Or if it's owned by the Chinese government? If the Chinese government buys it, you win. Okay. Okay, but if it... If if the number two real estate thing buys it for cents on the dollar, mm-hmm. I win. All right, I'll cop that. Yep. Yep. Reshake. Okay, it's clear when you when you've got bears. Now, now kids at home, if you're going to gamble, set the terms before you shake hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, just just finally before we go, I do want to briefly mention. Uh, oh, can I just mention real quick? Everyone's seen my legs. If you're watching it on YouTube, I've got oh, yeah, cupping done on my legs. I yeah. don't have Omicron, <laughs> but I want it. I don't. I don't think that the O's that, for Omicron. Those look more like uh, localized swelling from vaccines, and they look like <laughs> Omicron symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know that it's the same thing. The adverse reactions are the exact same uh, side effects as what as Omicron. Omicron. Even though we don't know anything about Omicron. Um, we, need, so we do need to quickly mention the pandemic powers that have passed this week through Victorian Parliament. Yeah. Now, uh, so Dan Andrews got his wish. Uh, Rod Barton, who is the uh, MP from the Transport Matters Party yeah. is the guy who flipped. So, the they'll keep an eye on what he ends up getting out of it because they'll. I'm sure there'll be some major project approved or something like yep. that that in he wanted. His, yeah, in his, um, in his electorate. The electorate. So, anyway, the the main thing out of this is uh, the powers are far more stripped down than what they were. Mm. And there are some big wins that came out of it due to the hard work that the opposition, well, and the anyone opposing the, the bill put in, but the protesters in particular. For sure. Democracy worked to a degree yeah. in, in Victoria over these last few months. Some examples of some things that have been removed. The aggregated clause has been removed from the fines for not complying with uh, health directions. So for, for those of you who... I haven't really followed along. There was literally a clause in this which stated that if you deliberately didn't follow a, a pandemic direction, which could have literally just been not wearing a mask, yep. and then you were requested to do so and you still didn't comply, that was an aggravated offence, which means for individuals, the fine could have been 90 grand and two years in prison. Yeah. For a business, it was 450 grand yeah. and two years in prison for the, the business owner. So those clauses have been completely removed. So that's a win. There's still a lot in there not to like. Number one, at the end of the day, the power still literally rests with Dan Andrews and the health minister now. That's it. So Dan Andrews can still call it a pandemic whenever he wants to. And the first opportunity is going to be this month because the state of emergency expires on the 15th. And again, because of the convenient timing of Omicron and the fact that they've still got a thousand cases a day down there, I'm sure he will declare it a pandemic and these laws will come into effect. Yeah. There is one piece of good news out of this, depending on whether or not the government just straight up chooses to ignore it now that they've got what they want, which is the fact that when a pandemic is declared, the government has to table the health advice, which has been used to justify the decisions they've made. Now, I'm not 100% where this ended up, but one of the concerns I do have is that I believe the government may have 
change that a little bit for it to be a summary of the health advice, not the full health advice? Because just so everyone knows, no one's seen any of the health advice in anywhere in Australia except one email. We've seen one example of health advice, which was in New South Wales, which was before they locked down those 12 LGAs for like three months. And the one piece of health advice we've seen was Dr. Kerry Chant's email to Gladys Berejiklian and her team saying, I suggest lockdowns over the whole Greater Sydney area uniformly, and they didn't follow it. Yeah. So the one bit of health advice we've seen didn't get followed. Yeah. So just know whenever you hear that tagline at the end of a press conference, oh, yeah. that's the best health advice, that's in accordance with the health advice, we are not allowed to see the health advice. That's right. Uh, Dan Andrews has literally spent hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars on lawyers blocking the the courts who, who ordered them to release the health advice, which they used to justify the original lockdowns at yeah. the start of last year. They're still fighting it in court. Yeah. And they're using taxpayer money to do so. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yep. So here, here's my prediction mm-hmm. for what's going to happen. Because let's just keep in mind... No public health direction has anything to do with health. It's got everything to do with politics. Mm. Dan Andrews has an election coming up in 12 months' time, November next year. Mm -hmm. The general public's pretty angry with Dan Andrews at the moment, Mm -hmm. as you can see by the protesters, Mm -hmm. right? I believe to try to uh, put pressure on anyone who opposed the bill and also the protesters, they won't use any harsh measures over the summer. Mm-hmm. to literally say, oh, all, all of you who said that we were going to just wield these powers um, and rule by decree, you're just conspiracy theorists. See, we told you the whole time. We told you you were just yep. crazy. I know where this is going. And then winter is coming. Yeah. You're going to have probably Omicron vaccine available just before winter. Yeah. You're going to have... Uh, probably them follow what happened in the UK where they've reduced the booster length mm-hmm. from six months down to three months. Mm-hmm. And as Dan Andrews has continuously said, it's going to be all about maintaining your vax status. Mm-hmm. I believe he will still lock out unvaccinated uh, Victorians from the vaccinated economy for probably all of 2022. Mm-hmm. And going into winter, there's going to be lockdowns again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for your safety, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I, I would still feel like there's going to be some form of silly buggers towards the election in regards to certain people, i.e. people who are unvaccinated, not being allowed to attend the polling booths to vote. Totally. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think yeah. that's definitely... That, that's why the bill was written in the way that it was, yeah. it was written. Certain communities would be locked down, certain geographical areas. Yeah, and that's something certain... that didn't get struck out. You can still... Um, the discri- racist part. Yeah, the you can discriminate still on people based on their key attributes, which could be anything. Yeah. It could be age, where you live, your VAC status, political leanings even. Yeah. It's just... it's. It's so broad. So keep hold us to account. Like, yeah. Like we we have archived this so that there is a per, well, like this is written in permanent record for us. Mm. And if we're wrong, tell yeah. us. You know, hold yeah. us accountable. Well, it's one of the conversations again I had during the week. Uh, I was talking to someone. I was like, "Hey, remember all the shit that I was saying twelve months ago?" Mm. Well, look what's happened. The only thing that hasn't, the only thing that we we're wrong on so far is mm. rapid antigen testing. Although it's available, no one's using it. Yeah, which, again, I feel like that will change because of the BHP thing and because of the pushback against these mandates. 
because I know, well, no, I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think something has changed on the Queensland government website. I have to actually look into it. Um, where if you've got a staff shortage now, you can get a, like a three-month exemption or something like that right. to, before you like to give you time to find new staff. Um, or for I, the mandates to change. Or for the mandates to change, absolutely. And I feel like with these exemptions, they're telling people I think that they have to do like daily PCR testing. Mm-hmm. And the assumption would be that, number one, that's difficult and annoying to do. Mm. Number two, is there going to be a cost element to it, mm. like Palaszczuk tried to pull last time? Uh, and I feel like what they're trying to do is, because this is, this is Queensland's playbook. They've been doing it since the beginning. Make it hurt in school holidays time, yeah. when it hurts people the most. Yeah. You want to go and enjoy your time with your family? Fuck that. Do this. Do this. That's right. So I feel like rapid antigen testing may become the norm either by mid-December or into the new year when it becomes the norm in New South Wales, mm. if it still does. So Dom Perite, stick to your word. Let the unvaxxed out on the 15th of December yep. like you're supposed to and let's get this country back rolling again. Rip and roll. That's right. And if you were ScoMo, Scotty from Marketing, you'd be forcing Dom Perite to lead the way because only a liberal government can lead us out of this pandemic. And on that note... <laughs> we'll see you next RDO, guys. Thanks.